Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 1982 film Cat People. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen the film, just be aware that there may be plot spoilers. This episode is also sponsored by the Good Comics New Releases 2021 Kickstarter. Some of you might know, some of you might not know that I um, run a small indie comics publisher as well as doing this podcast and having a day job and doing a bunch of other things. And we're called Good Comics and we're fundraising to put out five new books next year. We need to raise a lot of money to do that, but it's going to be a really, really good way to do it. So uh, please visit the link in our show notes to check it out if you want to support indie publishing. Right, on with the podcast. Everybody wants to be a cat Because the cat's the only cat Who knows where it's at Tell me everybody's picking up on that feline beat I, I can't do any more because it just goes so well with your smiling face as you lie there in bed. <laughs> so you, you've done a musical introduction to this episode. I was going to do a new musical introduction to this episode as well. Sorry, you still can. Seen a film that's bad. Even <laughs> Bowie couldn't save its ass. That's all I got. <laughs> Not bad, not bad. Yeah, I think I think Bowie would have appreciated. I that. think he would have. Um, but I do love the song "Cat People." I think it's one of his best, and it's one of the songs of his that I I return to the most. Actually, um, is "Cat People." Um, interesting pre-fact for you before we we cover off facts later on in this episode. But it's also used in a film by your favorite director. Whoever directed Airbud Seventh Inning Fetch. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, little known factoid that that movie was directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Um, it I explains the bit all when of the, the swearing and violence. The dog kept saying motherfucker and then he <laughs> ran in circles, like biting a kid who was tied up while an obscure, a previously obscure but actually quite well known sort of country song played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the entire plot of Seventh Inning Fetch, isn't it? No, yeah. um, Inglorious Bastards uses cat people, um, oh. and it uses it to quite a good effect. Say what you want about Tarantino, but he is he's very good at using music effectively in his films. Yeah, I I will I will give him that. To be fair, even down to that that song with the Japanese song with the riff in Kill Bill, like that is good. I will yes, willing to admit yeah. that that is good. I can't remember what that song's called, but it's very good. Yeah, he's he's um, he's very good at choosing the right moment uh, to to put in the right music, really, isn't he? Um, but it's interesting that he choose to, choose to use a song like "Cat People" when it was literally the theme of another film. I guess at this point it, it doesn't really matter, but I, I guess he would have been aware of it and would be aware that it would make people think of that film. Does it matter? Probably not. I, I don't think so, and I think it is one of those forgotten songs of Bowie because it has been tied up in the odd legal battle in terms of appearing on his best of albums um yeah so it doesn't appear in all of his best ofs even though it was at the time relatively popular um that's weird and and yeah so i think it is kind of and you know i think the fact that it was made for a movie potentially for a different 
um, label and, and written by somebody else as well. I think all of that kind of compounded together caused it a little bit too much of a hassle to put it on best of albums. <laughs> so, um, um, no. So I think, um, I think it was like a contribution effort. Um, so it was, um, uh, written by him and an Italian producer called, uh, Giorgio Moroda. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the guy who did the music for the film, the father of disco as he's yeah. called. Um, that is true. Uh, who, um, yeah, he, he set up a recording studio that's own that's been used by loads of different people, um, all over the place. And he's done loads of different, did loads of different great soundtrack works. Yeah. The um, Maroda Dome. It's called. <laughs> it's exactly what it's called. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So he's done. All, he's done all sorts um, over the years. Um, and yeah. So the two of them wrote um, wrote Cat People. Um, oh, okay. And it, it it got some number ones. It got some good hits as well. Um, but um, but yeah, it's not particularly well known in comparison to some of his other hits. I suppose Bowie in the eighties is less sort of less refined i suppose in the views of his fans you know um where you, you think of bowie as the 70s thing and when you think of the things of his that stand out from the from the 80s it's stuff like let's dance yeah um which is still a very popular which is song. which is amazing yeah i i really love it um my you remember my old housemate alid yes his yeah. first dance was to let's dance oh that is really nice a couple of years ago um Oh, that's that's lovely. Shout out to Alad. It was a very good chat. choice. Um, and um, and yeah, so so Bowie maybe maybe people should revisit the song Cat People, but should they revisit revisit the film Cat People, or visit it at all? As in the case of me, who had not seen it before. Yes, yeah, it's true. It's true. Can I just ask you about Bowie? Though, would you say that you were a, a big fan? Yeah, I think I'd say that. Um, I think. Even when he misses the mark, it's still interesting. And that's something that I really appreciate about his music. So weirdly enough, my favorite album of his out of all of the albums that he's released um, is probably Outside, which was released in, I think, 1995. Um, uh, And it's a very strange album where it's got elements that are very, um, very similar to early Bowie work and a few bits and pieces that are kind of similar to some of the stuff that he was putting out in the 80s. Um, it was a reunion with Brian Eno after a, a fair few years apart. Um, but it also includes kind of like 90s rock and 90s electronica elements in it. And it doesn't go to the extent that when he was using jungle music in the album afterwards, which is very weird. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember. But um, but it's still kind of odd, and there's these these weird in, industrial elements, and it's this kind of concept album. Um, one of the songs was remixed by the Pet Shop Boys to be a single. Um, it is um, it is it is yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting album, and I really like it. Um, and I also think that actually, um, his last album was incredible as well. Um, so I think, I think all the way through his career, he was putting out interesting music and that's something that I really like about him. He, yeah, he that's exactly he right. Never, he never rested in one place. No. And I have so much respect and so much time for that. Even though I was never a massive fan of his music, there are like 
five or six of his songs, a handful of his songs that I think are, are really good. But I've never been a huge fan. But um, after he died, I, I used to think, oh, yeah, Bowie, whatever. I used to think he was a bit overrated. And then after he died, I sort of read a lot more about him and listened to a lot more of his working, as you said, came to have that appreciation for how he was never afraid to reinvent himself and do it in really, really interesting ways as well and was always his own person and always just made the music that he wanted to make and that the way that he did that was so influential and affected so many people that he really was this towering figure and I I appreciate the hell out of that. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, And I would say, I don't know if you listen to Black Star, um, but it it is incredible. It's a really powerful album. Um, and you know, it was released, I think it was only two days before he died. Yeah, that's um, right. And it was, yeah, it's, it's genuinely amazing. Um, and, and the fact that it was his, his final album as well, just kind of makes it all the more special, I suppose. Um, but, um, but yeah, so in this house, we appreciate David Bowie. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I love Cat People, the song. It's good. I, I had forgotten how it went until it appeared over the credits of this film over the face of a snarling panther. <laughs> where else Where else should a song called Cat People be other than at the beginning with some weird imagery and panthers or at the end where it's a picture of a very angry panther? It's the yeah. only two places it should be. Have you um, ever seen a panther? I have seen the movie Cat People, so yes. <laughs> I mean, IRL, in real life, in the flesh. <laughs> No, I don't tend to go to New Orleans in the 80s where weird cat-human hybrids are running around. Um, so I've never... I don't think I've seen one in a zoo. Um, that seems exactly the kind of place you'd like. I mean, I would love to, but unfortunately it's quite far away and doesn't exist. So, um, <laughs> New Orleans doesn't even have a zoo. <laughs> um, so, um, well, yeah, I mean, a kind of New Orleans where there's magical panther people does not exist. If it did, that's where I would be living and trying to become a panther person. Um, but I don't think I've seen one in a zoo. Have you seen a panther? No, I just wanted to segue into the fact that my granddad claims he has seen the legendary Surrey Puma. You know about the Surrey Puma? That is a, fo- a Ford Puma that drives around Surrey, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's only one. <laughs> Yeah. There's only one allowed at any one only time. Only one, yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah. I know it sounds like a, like a Tory sports team, but it's it is a real thing. Well, supposedly the rumours of big cats in Surrey abound, and there was um there was a carcass found recently on um a heath in Woking that suggests that the Surrey puma is back. So, you know, if I didn't have a job and a kid and stuff, I'd probably be out there investigating it. <laughs> so I've just had a look at this, and the Surrey puma was initially discussed in like the 60s how long do pumas live for i don't know a long time (laughs) but yeah i think it was the 60s when my granddad claimed to have seen it let's see well i'm just thinking he was a young man at the time i'm thinking more about um the recent carcass found (laughs) rather than at the time apparently they live for 8 to 13 years in the wild I don't think that the most recent carcass is the work of a puma, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't think the original sorry puma had kids? With with a different puma that also happened to live in Surrey. Yeah. Sorry puma family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> may, maybe it is a, a less interesting version of cat people and there's a couple of incestuous people in Surrey that are secretly puma men 
and whenever yep. they have children themselves, they carry on the curse. Spoiler alert for the film Cat People. That sounds like the kind of thing that happens in Woking in the Pizza <laughs> Express. <laughs> um. So, right, okay. So the movie Cat People is a movie that is a remake of a previous horror movie. Have you ever seen the original Cat People? No, it's from the 40s, right? Yes, yeah. So 1942... Um, it's a psychological movie, although there's hints at fantasy elements, that doesn't happen. And instead, it's all kind of in someone's head and it's all about their neuroses and things like that. Um, and it's quite interesting. And I, I, I went back and rewatched Cat People, the original, because I, I hadn't seen it for a, a fair while. Um, and it still holds up quite well as a um, as a movie of its time, and you can see that you know it, it is responsible for some interesting elements of horror movies. So it's it's often reported as being the first jump scare in cinema, um, and and it's an interesting film, um, and it's interesting watching that, and then watching. I think it's fair to call Cat People nineteen eighty two a shit piece. I I don't know about that actually. Sorry, I was just taking off my headphones because I think there is actually a cat screeching outside, and outside my house. <laughs> you can it's heard what can we're you talking hear that? about. I can't hear anything. No. Oh, good. It's either a cat or a fox, but there's something screeching out there. Maybe it's the sorry puma. Fox people. Fox people. Um, so you watched the the 1942 one as well as the 1982 one for this? Yeah, I figured I'd put it on um, just on my lunches this week, just to um, oh. yeah, just to, to see nice. it because it's been a while since I saw it, and I do did remember enjoying it when I first saw it. I just had a thought that obviously there's 40 years between 1942 and 1982, but 1942 seems impossibly far away from now. That's like our grandparents era or like my grandparents were small children and in 1942 even but we're now at this moment in time we're 38 years away from 1982 which is as close as makes no difference to 40 years right so what you're Isn't saying that crazy? is that in two years time we're going to get another cat people remake yeah and we need to make it god damn i'm so excited about this we want more incest we want more <laughs> we want more tiger goop <laughs> um we want more the, the tiger goop is is weird yeah yeah i um, had no idea what that was supposed to be it looked a bit like someone had killed a bunch of flies and left them to rot so basically what's going on is that this isn't a it's not really a genetic thing but it's not really a fantasy thing it's kind of this weird hybrid of the two because you see that the tiger comes out of their skin and then they burst out of i'm sorry not tiger the the they they burst out of the panther the panther skin and then the 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 panther bursts out of their skin and what's left behind is that weird goop basically so it's almost like they disintegrate. It's very similar to a technique that was used um, a few years later in a very, very horrible um, episode of The X-Files um, about this genetically um, mutated serial killer who eats people's livers and then hibernates for 20 years or something oh, like lovely. that. It's, um, it I am just going to go outside and bang on something because it's definitely a fox that's screeching and it's driving me crazy. You <laughs> might you, be able to hear it. Are you sure on. it's not Michael M- Malcolm McDowell? It, it might well be, yeah. <laughs> Is I mean, he just standing outside? a fox. Um, yeah, so just bear with me two minutes. Just keep talking. So... <laughs> Whilst whilst Paddy deals with whatever creature is outside, I'm just praying that he does come back and that it's not secretly some kind of horrible creature that's trying to get him. Because this is 
The scary month. I can hear banging. I'm hoping that that is Paddy banging and not the creature outside. Um, we will have to find out in a moment. This is very tense. Hello, I'm back. Hello. Is it you or is it the fox person? Uh, well, who knows? The camera's not turned on, so yeah. how would you know if it was me or Malcolm McDowell? <laughs> I know he, he is a very good actor. He could just be impersonating you. He could play me. He could. Um, so, anyway, right. Cap, cap people. Um, I think it's a shit piece, not in terms of it being a bad movie, but in terms of it being a very strange movie. Um, because mainly because they decided to add incest into it, which is really weird. Um, and it's so that's not, a, not in the 40s film? <laughs> no, not at all. The 40s film is about a Romanian woman who travels, or Serbian woman, I can't remember which, and she she travels to America and she falls for someone, but she's scared that if she um, uh, has sex, then she'll turn into a panther. Right. Um, and that's basically the plot. Um, and th- and, and does a- she eventually have sex and turn into a panther? No, she has sex. She doesn't turn into a panther. She dies. Oh, boring. Um, yeah, she thinks it's going to happen, but it doesn't. And in the end, I think she releases a panther from a cage, and then um, the panther kills her. <laughs> I think that's what happens at the end. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was a very, very big mistake uh, to do that. Um, but yeah, it's very it's very psychological. It's very um, low key in that regard, and it's it's very much more about the sort of um, psychological aspect of it, about the relationship aspect of it. Whereas here, they're just like from the off, it's hey, you want some creepy incest? <laughs> Here's some yeah. creepy incest. Hi, I'm your brother. Let me stroke your shoulder. <laughs> I'm, I'm your brother. Let me let me stand incredibly close <laughs> behind you. Um, so, oh God, so everyone in this film is standing so close to each other all the time they are it's incredibly awkward so so um for our listeners if you've not seen cat people you should watch it i think because nothing yeah. is like cat people 1982 um it is a very unique movie um i'll leave it to you to decide whether that's a good or bad thing but basically um irena uh, gallier um played by natasha kinski is traveling to meet her or or to reunite with her brother. So they were separated when their parents died. Um, Yeah. And And that whole thread is a bit thin, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And, and after time in foster homes and everything like that, they're reunited. However, they are, they are the children of incest. And that's because there is this longstanding, something magic or mutant or curse or something it's never really fully explained and i'm glad it's not explained but basically it whenever they have sex they turn into panthers and eat people and until they and until they eat someone they can't become a panther they can't become a human again they're stuck in panther form yeah and they're literally inside the panther's body waiting to burst out as you find out <laughs> yes. later on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alien in a, style. In a couple of incredibly horrible and quite effective body horror scenes, actually. Um, the, the first couple that you see do look a little bit cheap, where it basically looks like Malcolm McDowell's wearing furry mittens. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but then um, the, the, the later ones, it's, it's very um, horrible, particularly by 1982 standards. I mean, this is pre-Cronenberg at his best. Um, and obviously, when you compare it, I, I was obviously thinking about The Fly when I was watching these transformation scenes. Yeah. Um, or, when was or, The Fly? Or John Carpenter's The Thing. Um so the flyer, I think, was a few years later. 
Um, but um, but Which yes, we it, talked about a couple of years ago, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, it was one of our um, one of our other horror months. So yeah, the fly was nineteen eighty six. Um, but you've got a similar kind of tone here in terms of these transformations, where it goes through this half human element before it goes into full on panther mode. Um, and they're quite grotesque and effective, I think, those scenes. And they use them very sparingly. This is a movie mainly about the tension and the relationships. And really the most unnerving horror element of this is the incest element, I think. They really play with that taboo in a effective and very horrible way. Um, and, and, and sort of you look at the relationships around that. Um, and, and, and that's kind of what drives it more so than the scenes where it's panthers eating people, which are used quite sparingly. Yeah, definitely. So the thing is, because you had told me that this was a shit piece, I went, I went into it expecting something really wild and I didn't get that. So maybe I think it's better than it is because I went in with a certain expectation, but I actually quite enjoyed it and I quite appreciated it for what it was, which was that it, it did use the body horror and the gore quite sparingly. And I thought... It was very well paced, actually, for a a film that falls into the shit piece category. But there were just some things about it that are just so ridiculous and the threads that just don't really tie up, which is all stuff to do with the kind of the backstory and the setup of it, I think, is where it doesn't really, really work. So you're just thinking, oh, OK, why not? I'm just going to enjoy it for her turning into a panther. Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think I think it's. It's a shit piece in the best possible way. It's a it's not a shit piece as in it's a bad movie. It's a shit piece in terms of it being very odd and there being moments that are just incredibly bizarre. Um, but it's still being enjoyable. Um and so when I think of the positives of this movie, I think of the strange imagery, particularly when they're they're doing those flashback scenes where they're talking to their their magic panther tree and, <laughs> and things like that. Um and there's some quite yeah. pretty shots. Um scattered in among things um which i think work very effectively obviously the soundtrack is great i think the performances are good as well i do enjoy i really enjoy malcolm mcdowell in this um he's the perfect creep yeah he's if you want a man to be an incestuous panther man who else would you pick than 80s malcolm mcdowell quite honestly he's perfect for this role um but then there's also the real trash elements so you've got loads of gratuitous nudity in this movie all of it meant to be titillating to a male audience i think yeah there's um, a lot of boobs there is an awful lot of bosom in this film um for no real reason whatsoever um and that is yeah that is quite odd um and and it's weird because there's there's all of those weird interesting elements and then you've just got the straight up traditional horror movie trash and it's this weird binary between the two where it keeps jumping between the two tones almost um which at least makes it a very interesting watch so you've got this real psychological element where you're like oh i wonder what's going to happen i wonder you know are they really turning into panthers oh no yeah they're definitely turning into panthers here's a panther eating somebody um <laughs> um which is yeah and i i i do enjoy it i think it's a it's an enjoyable movie to watch and it's strange enough to actually keep you guessing as to where it's going to go as well yeah definitely i th- i think it starts off very very well not necessarily with the the scene in the ancient times where all you're thinking is did she have sex with the panther that appeared next to her while she was tied to the tree but i mean the bit <laughs> where the initial bits with um natasha kinsky where she's going she's just going and reconnecting with her brother and it's all quite slowly drawing out their 
relationship and it's immediately very weird but you're like well that could just be because they're reconnecting after they got separated when they were kids and whatever and then there's her like going out to new orleans and falling in with the zoo crowd and then there's yeah the the panther attacking someone in the motel and the zoo zookeeper people getting it all that stuff is quite realistic and it almost like the scene of the zookeepers coming to get the panther that's almost like a scene from a comedy isn't it yeah, where he's um, smashing out the window to try and shoot it and then nearly falling off the ladder um, is great. <laughs> and then the, yeah, the same and it's guy. John Hurd, who you always recognise, but you're never quite sure what from. What from. He's, he's in some baseball films. I he's, think. In, he's in everything. He turns up in everything. Um, but this is one of, I suppose... He's the it's, dad in Home Alone. That's yes, it, yeah. Right? And he's, he's the, the guy in Big as well, isn't he? He's the other guy in Big. Yeah. Um but um but he's and also George and Sharknado lest we forget <laughs> of course of course um but um but i think this is probably one of the films where he's at his most prominent as a character where he's the the main sympathetic um character i suppose aside from natasha kinsky because she doesn't know what's going on um he's kind of the other guy and then the fact that he's kind of billed as this more sort of human person versus cat people um makes the end that much more chilling which i think you know we can talk about the end in a bit um but i think it's a very very effective finale to this movie um but um but yeah but but in between all of these deep elements there is oh here's the other zookeeper guy oh his arm's being ripped off (laughs) oh that woman whose boobs we saw five seconds ago oh her leg's being ripped off or, no, it was her arm as well, wasn't it? It's another arm that's... Yeah, it's it. always arms. They always seem to go for the arms. Yeah. Um, it's just... Yeah, it's it's incredibly... Um, it's, it's got that kind of exploitation feel to it, um, where it's deliberately playing up the trashy elements. And I think... I'm in two minds about whether that's a good thing or not, because there are some really interesting ideas being played with in this movie and it kind of undermines them. But at the same time, it does make it more fun to watch when there is stupid, violent stuff going on. I think without that element, you'd just get a film that was very po-faced and that took itself too seriously. And when you've got these kind of like fake-ass panthers wandering around eating people, it just wouldn't work, would it? No, no, exactly. And, And mentioning the fake panthers... I really love how there's those shots of genuine panthers looking very annoyed and then an obvious puppet, like a yeah. tail swishing or a paw coming down. <laughs> and I just I'm just i sure that's... in 1982, almost 40 years ago, people didn't think anything of it. But, you know, now it looks like it looks like a children's TV puppet, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I think it does show the sort of difference between early 80s and mid to late 80s in terms of those prosthetics. Um, where, you Have know, you ever you... seen... Harry Hill on his show used to have a puppet called Stufa the Cat. Have you ever seen it? I don't. Re- I did. Which Harry Hill show are we talking about? This was when it was like more of a stand-up sketch show. This is pre-TV Burp. I think Stufa okay. has appeared on TV Burp. But if you if you Google Harry Hill Stufa the Cat, you'll see what I mean. And he looks a bit like the Panthers here. I'm gonna search for him. Um, because I have watched... Oh, yeah, the blue cat fella. Yeah, so obviously yeah. the panthers aren't blue, but there's a quality to the face that is not unlike... <laughs> yeah, I this. can see that. I can see that. Um, 
but yeah, it, I, I I think it does add a certain quality to it, though. The 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 occasional moments of obvious cheap special effects are are of its time, and I think it's enjoyable that they're there. I maybe don't want it to go down the route of impressive special effects, as the fly has or the thing has, um, and just having it as very silly. I think kind of works in its favour. Yeah, definitely, because it's a silly premise, really, isn't it? With a lot of a lot of horror films, I suppose it's things that you that prey on the the darker corners of the mind or the the worries that people have or those kind of things. You know, I'm not going to be kept up at night worrying that I'm going to turn into a panther if I have sex, am I? <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Maybe you are. I don't know. I mean, I I go to bed dreaming that I'll turn into a panther. That's what I want from life. <laughs> I want to become the beast of Bodmin. That's my yeah. life goal. <laughs> um, but um. But yeah, and, and and I think that that's right, is that the main premise of this is not something that's going to get under your skin, if you'll pardon the expression, um, and instead is um, that the, the moments that last with you are more sort of like the, the relationship side of it, isn't it? So, so they're really trying to play up the what if the person that you're with isn't what you think they are, what if they are dangerous, things like that. And that's kind of what this movie really plays into. Yeah, definitely. It, but it still feels just quite silly. And that's, yes, that's yeah. a good thing. And yeah, also playing with incest as well. It's like, obviously, yeah, that's kind of the last taboo. But it's it's like, they they do, they go for that just a little bit too much. But they know that they're doing that. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing with this film. Um, and, and so it's interesting... Um, when they do sort of call back to the original film so they don't do that very often but the the scene in the swimming pool um is actually almost shot for shot what happens in the original movie um but without the boobs um of course because the boobs are always added into every scene in this movie um i'm surprised that they didn't add boobs to the panthers um <laughs> like a sort of howard the duck thing but for panthers (laughs) yes although there there is that one little snippet in the transformation scene where her 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 breasts go into the panther body which is actually incredibly unsettling Um, yeah that i thought was quite good effects wise that was better than i was expecting for 1982 yeah that that transformation scene scene is very very good it's almost like an american werewolf in london um which again is one of those movies of the era that really played around with those um those sort of special effects i don't think Um, i've ever seen it oh it's very good it's um quite funny which is nice it's um yeah it's a a good movie as what's funnier than wolf boys nothing (laughs) exactly um yeah exactly um um but yeah so 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 uh, but very rarely does it call back to those um to the original movie and i think i think it's better for it it's it's almost as though this movie shouldn't have been called cat people um although that is the perfect name for it It, it's not really tied to the original very much it's definitely a misleading name it makes me imagine well it makes me think of cats there's no way that that cannot (laughs) evoke cats especially now in this year of our lord 2020 but yeah, it makes it sound like a non-musical version of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats with some killing. I expected a lot of prancing. I expected there to be people transforming into cats left, right and centre and there to be some kind of 
I think cat people as well implies a large number of people and really you're only talking about two people who turn into panthers. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You've only got two people. So really it should be called an American panther in New Orleans. Yeah. I think. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's... Um, it's But it's... Yeah, so I, I suppose it is a bit of a misnomer, isn't it, that it's called cat people. It does... Obviously, the special effects here are less terrifying than Andrew Lloyd Webber's cats. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, but it's it's an interesting film. I think I th- I th- I'm I'm glad we revisited it. Yeah, me too. And I I think it's a really good choice for Halloween as well. Having just watched what what was you know a straight up classic gothic horror film, it's a very very nice um, nice sharp move left from that, but still within the sort of horror. Horror canon, as it were. And I, I find it interesting that this film hasn't endured. Like, I don't think it's very well known anymore. I think people are sort of dimly aware of it. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have that kind of... The the status of people watching it because it's shit either. So it's it's kind of fallen through the cracks, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a shame because, you know, the 80s was a great time for horror movies. And I think this deserves revisiting. Um, I, I think people do need to remember it because... I think there's a lot that could be could be used here um because to it's, make a new cat people but to mean. make a new cat people or or just as inspiration for other movies because it's in spite of its silly name and in spite of its sillier moments there is a slow burn feel to it which I think could serve quite well um so you know I think <laughs> I think Ari Aster's cat people a 4 hour long <laughs> I, epic I would go for that would be incredible um and so so i think yeah i think there's scope in here for for people to find things that are interesting and and for me at least i found the the weird flashback panther scenes almost reminiscent of scenes from from black panther the marvel movie um yeah there's there's a weird similarity between the way that they're filmed and sort of the effects that are going on um fake panther as this film should have been called <laughs> yeah, fake panther um but then marvel's fake panther <laughs> Um, but then you've also got other weird moments where you've got Panther Vision when she's chasing that rabbit, where she's 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 left the house with her with her boyfriend um in it and and she spots a, a rabbit and she's hunting it down. Um and then there's one of those few very effective horror scenes where he he can see her silhouette walking into the room and he turns on the light and she's covered in blood and she smashes the, the um yeah. lamp to one side. He says, Don't look at me. Um Don't look at me, I'm covered in rabbit blood um i thought and again because of the way you described it i thought there was going to be more ridiculous stuff like panther vision i thought there was going to be a lot more of that and a lot more of oh my god i'm turning into a panther i thought it was going to be lots of that and it wasn't that i liked that it focused on the human story yeah yeah and 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 it isn't it is nice and i think what what people will remember about this is like the transformation and it is the weird incest and it is malcolm mcdowell perching on a balcony and jumping down with acrobatics um yeah all, all of those kind when of the elements. first time he just like hops up onto the bed frame like a cat you're just like yeah <laughs> yeah i like where this is I, going. i'm fully on board with this um yeah it's um it's 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 yeah it's and and it's got all of those bits but really the core of this film is very interesting even though it is i'm going to reiterate that i i think this is a shit piece because it's so strange no i i, I agree but i i i legit i did legitimately enjoy it as 
a good and entertaining film that I think has is is competent and well made. And I guess can it still be a shit piece if it's competent and well made? I guess the answer is yes. And I, yeah, I right? think the answer is yes because we've got Jupiter Ascending as the standout shit piece, don't we? That's the the, the definition of a shit exactly. Piece. Yeah. And and that is a competent and well made movie, but it also just has a man with dog ears and jet boots. <laughs> That's <laughs> so good. I think we should rewatch. We it. really should. I think when's our next special numbered episode? Uh, I think it's two hundred. We're at one hundred and seventy nine now. Okay. I think maybe we should do a revisit where we watch a few of yeah. our greatest hits from the early days. That's a good um, idea. And and we do a, a bumper special episode where we watch Bridges of Madison County. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, we've been talking about that for such we, a long time. We watch um, Jupiter Ascending. I'm not sure what other classics we've got, um, but um, but yeah, maybe maybe we do that at some point. Cats. Oh, cats. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, may, maybe we do that for a special episode. But but yeah, so so I think it's a strange movie. It's got lots of weird stuff happening. But it, like you said, it is competently made. And I mean, what else would you expect from um, its director, Paul Schrader, who's yeah. <laughs> he's the guy who wrote Taxi Driver and he wrote First Reformed and he wrote Raging Bull. You know, this guy has has written some incredible works. Um, and there's a sensibility to this that you can just about connect those dots, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, like like I said, that it's really big on that psychological aspect. And it's there's a lot of tension and although it's got that kind of um although it's got those stranger moments a lot of it is very grounded even though it's a movie about people who turn into cats yeah i've never seen raging bull it's it's about people who turn into bulls yeah i was gonna say is it like bull people (laughs) exactly as bull people um yeah a lesser known david bowie song again Bull people. Bull people. Bull people, they turn to bulls. That's how it goes. That's exactly how it goes. Um, but, but yeah, so so I think, yeah, there's a lot to really appreciate about this film, isn't it? And I think, you know, the, 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 the acting, I think, is very, very solid as well. Um, yeah. No, no one's phoning it in. No, Every, I think no. everyone's taking it just seriously enough, and that's the main thing. Yeah, and and so you know they're they're definitely being a bit playful with it here and there. Malcolm McDowell is, you know, he's as as flamboyant and enthusiastic as ever. Um, it's it, Malcolm McDowell's one of those people where he's been in some real stinkers, but whatever he's in is entertaining, and it's almost worth watching it just because he's in it. Um, you know he's in the second he's in the um he he's in the uh the the second silent hill movie silent hill being the the video game franchise and it's a very very bad movie but he's great in it and and yeah it's it's almost um you know it's it's almost worth watching anything that he's in but here he's he's like you said he's perfectly cast um natasha kinsky's great as well Annette, he's done a lot of video game work I didn't he has yeah this. yeah he's he's big on video game voice work um going back a very long time as well i think he was in the early wing commander games um wow that yeah he's 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 always been um he's always been in 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 video games here and there 
um, which is very interesting. Yeah, uh, Wing Commander three he is in in nineteen ninety four. Wow. Um, which yeah, which also you know, has, I've never um, seen a Clockwork Orange either. Have you not? Oh no. Have you read the book Clockwork Orange? Yes, I sure. read the book a few years ago. I, just, I always meant to watch it, I just never got round to it. I thought the book was okay. I wouldn't say it's one of my favourite books, but it's interesting and has a place in the canon. Yeah, I think you, you've got all of those different sort of dystopian novels. And Clockwork Orange is, is a very interesting one because you've got the, the slang dialect that's being used and you've got the yeah. the, the dictionary at the back <laughs> to help you translate it. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting way to um, to tell the story. Um, and And... and and I think that's one of the one of the things that's kind of lacking from the movie, um, which you'll have to let me know when you watch it, is that obviously you don't have that yeah. that separation um, in the same way. So it's something that was very hard to translate. So although the movie is held up as a as a great work of, of Kubrick's, um, it doesn't quite. I don't think it quite has the same impact as the book, which you know I'm very loath to say because books are for nerds. But yeah, yeah. It's... Obviously, we don't want to admit that, but that a book is good. But it is, <laughs> it is a good book. It is, yeah. And it's a very, very interesting study of obviously the the human proclivity towards violence and how we process that. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, much like cat people, which is all about the same thing. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, the human proclivity for turning into panthers. <laughs> Precisely. Um, but yeah, you've also, you've got, um, you've got Annette O'Toole, who's great in this. John Hurd is really good. Um, Ed yeah. Begley gets his arm taken Ed off. Ed Begley Jr. Love that guy. Um, he's, he's always in the Christopher Guest films. Yeah, exactly. Which is how you know someone's good. Um, and then Frankie Faison, who's in Coming to America. Um, yeah. But he's also in uh, Silence of the Lambs. Um which is uh, he? He plays Barney the guard, who is the friendly guard of Hannibal Lecter, um, oh, and he right. then appears. I've never seen that either. Oh, it's you've never seen Silence of the Lambs. No, my there days. are some gaps in my my horror canon viewing. At some point, we'll have to watch that, but not for the podcast because there is very little that can uh, that can be tied to this podcast for it. Unless you think the love between a man yeah. and human flesh counts as something that we can cover <laughs> on Big Boys. If you can find a film that has cannibalism and romance in it, we're on. We'll, we'd love to hear about it. There's actually something on the tip of my tongue. Actually. Uh, oh, there is a movie. There are some movies I've watched which are about cannibalism, which which I think could cover. You've got the French one, which is about a family and their cannibals. Oh. That could that could actually cover it. Um, and then you've got you've got Cannibal the Musical as well. <laughs> the Trey Parker. You just made that. No, it's a it's an early Trey Parker and uh, Matt Stone. Uh, comedy junk sort of attempt which is not particularly good um but yeah you've got that i suppose you've got the zombie the zombie ones as well yeah that's they true count, if they count um so yeah so we, no i think i want pure cannibalism pure cannibalism pure cannibalism no zombies allowed uh you've got sweeney todd that's got romance yep that's true, but you also hate it. I do. I so do. That's good. I do really hate it. So that works in its favour for you. Um, oh, what's it called? The uh, it's 
French cannibal movie. <laughs> Uh, called Raw. Raw, I think we could cover. Oh, yes. I heard about this. I've heard it's quite good. It actually. is very good. Um, there's a little bit of romance in there. All right. Um, yeah, okay. Maybe something for next one year. One for next year, maybe. maybe. Yeah. One for next year. We'll get you a cannibal movie. Paddy Johnson, good. fan of cannibalism. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fine young cannibal. <laughs> um, but... Um, but uh, I was going to talk about the end of this movie, wasn't I? Because I think the the end of this movie is really good. Um, where she is being hunted by her boyfriend and then pleads with him to make love to her one more time so that she can be free as a cat. Um, yeah. Because Malcolm McDowell... She decides is, she wants to live as a cat. Yeah, because Malcolm McDowell is dead. Um, he He got a bit too cheeky as a panther and got got. Um... And so um, she doesn't now have a chance to go and live in an incestuous relationship with him and avoid turning into a panther. And she clearly decided, well, I'd rather be a panther and be free. Um, But instead, she ends up as a panther in his zoo. And there's that very, it's very horrible scene, really, where she's, she's there and he's stroking her as a panther in the zoo and feeding her. And it's like, yeah. I don't think this is what she wanted. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to be free. Yeah. But then why is she letting him stroke her? Yeah, yeah. So it's a very it's a very odd scene and I think a really a really interesting way to end a movie like this instead of with a big shootout. Like cuz when you reach the bit at the at the bridge near the end so they cornered her on the bridge as a panther and you think okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be the dramatic death. Um, and then that'll be the movie over. But instead, she manages to escape, and it goes on a little bit longer, and it ends in this very somber note where she's trapped in a cage permanently as a panther until she eats somebody. Um, And it's just, yeah, it's a very odd place to end it, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, and you feel like it's acknowledging that he did love her because at one point he's he said she's like, oh, well... Is it just about the sex? And he's like, No, I genuinely do love you and you do sort you do believe that. So I guess from that point the romance does work, which is the most important thing for us, obviously, on this show. Yes, yeah. And and I think there is that interesting thing in this movie about the romance, isn't it? Is there's that very animal attraction between these characters. Um but then there also is the emotional connections as well, and it's always playing with that idea of you know, is it some kind of weird human panther theramone that's making him love her or is it genuinely yeah, a connection? Yeah. Um, and I like the way that they played around with that. I think it's very, very effective. Yeah, me too. I thought that was great. Um, and do you know what? The music I thought was really good. Oh, The yeah. Bowie stuff as yeah. well, but the score, it was perfectly 80s and early 80s and it actually, it felt a lot like Blade Runner, didn't it? And not in that it made the film sound dystopian, but it had a similar kind of vibe, but that was totally appropriate for the film and really, really helped to date it perfectly as 1982 as well, whilst also being genuinely really creepy and affecting in all the right moments. Uh, Yeah, I can't say enough good things about Giorgio Moroder's scores. Yeah, I I completely agree. It it works perfectly in this movie where... You know, it's it is it is it does set it to its time in the eighties, but it also it adds this tension to the movie, um, where you know it's set in New Orleans. It could have been very easy for them to go down a different route with the music, but instead they've stuck to this theme, 
Um, and it works really well throughout. It all feels very cohesive and it all ties in very well to this kind of smoky tension that runs all the way through the film. So yeah, I really love it and I think it works works exceptionally well. Yeah, definitely. It's And yeah, his work is a bit like Vangelis, isn't it? Who did Blade Runner. There's a, a bit of a synergy there. Yes. But obviously yeah. he has the, the disco credentials as well. So just like, yeah, what can't he do? he could potentially outrun a cat person. Yeah, I, I reckon choose, he could. I choose to believe. Um, but yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, right, have, have you got anything else you'd like to say about, about cat people? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I'd say, yeah, I agree with you that it's a shit piece, but I enjoyed it more than, more than I was expecting to. It's very, very effective and very good. And it's definitely well worth a watch. I think it is a shame that it seems to have been a bit forgotten really and that it's it deserves i think for to have a bit more rewatching in today's today's horror film canon yes yeah i'd i'd agree i think it it does it deserves to be seen by more people i think so yeah do do come and get on get on board with it and and give it a go and yeah, um, you definitely. might you'll you'll find something very interesting even even if it's not something that you enjoy yourself I'm going to tell you now, you have not seen anything quite like cat people. <laughs> you know? No, it, it's it's unique. It's yeah. certainly unique. Yeah. Um, so, so I've got a little bit of trivia for you. Um, so <laughs> by his own admission, director Paul Schrader says that one day he got so stoned on set that he refused to come out of his trailer. A whole day's filming was lost. <laughs> meanwhile they were like trying obviously to do some they, to rig up the fake panther to do something and it was just sitting there hanging from a rig probably <laughs> looking disgusting exactly exactly um so a little bit about the um the the the, the song by david bowie um a re-recorded version of the film's song was uh, included in in bowie's 1983 album let's dance originally bowie wanted to use the original film version but mca records refused to license it um, as Giorgio Moroder was under contract to them at the time, and they were not about to let a competing label to use a song by one of its artists. So again, that That's kind so of boring. ties into the bullshit around record labels stopping great art from being shared appropriately. So yeah, yeah fuck you guys. Total um, uh, um, there was apparently a deleted scene when Natasha Kinski's real-life mother played her half-cat, half-human mother. mother. Oh, which wow. I wish that was in it. Been cool. That would have been great. Yeah, because um, there's a bit of that hint of the the sort of cat people history, or that there are other cat people with the woman who comes up to her and calls her Mihamana in the bar. But it's there's I actually maybe wanted a bit more of that, a bit more of the tie into the kind of the history of the cat people. Because when Malcolm McDowell's telling it, you're like, I don't know if I believe you because you're just this like weird, creepy, incest obsessed guy. I want I want some more factual sources on the history of the cat people. <laughs> yeah, you and your cat people prequel. Maybe that's what we should make in two years' time. Mm. Well, we better start making it now, actually, for two years' time. Yeah, we've got to have it ready. Um, yeah. Um, and then, uh, fin- final bit of trivia for you. The UK press mistakenly reported that John Hurt would be starring in this, having mistaken <laughs> him for John Hurt. Oh, no. <laughs> Ironically, John Hurt was refused entry into South Africa in 1978 when officials mistook him for John Hurt, um, who is a very strong opponent of apartheid. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. 
Um, John Hurt also, he almost turned down the role because he believed it was a porno. <laughs> it certainly sounds like it. It does. It, it does. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's, that's a little bit of a um, little bit of trivia for you. I just realised John Hurt's dead. Yeah, yeah, it was a few years ago. It's very sad. Huh. At least he's left behind some some really good performances, though, over the years. I suppose he lived long in yeah, the memory. Yeah, for sure. Um, and now and this is one of them. Yeah, and now you've added cat people to your to your memories of John Hurd. Yeah, definitely. Um, right. So very good. So how are we going to rank uh, rank this? Ooh, let's see. How long? How many days can you keep a panther in a cage in your zoo before it needs to get out and kill someone so it can become human again? So I've I've got a pretty well behaved cat person in my zoo because it's it's fourteen days. It can last a full two weeks in captivity before it needs to that get out. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. yeah. I I could go even one higher. I could go fifteen. Oh, excellent, excellent. You've got a... Three, three quarters of the way there. You, so I, I, yeah, I, I really did quite enjoy it. I think just because I was so pleasantly surprised by it. But, no, it was good. You have got an excellently behaved cat person. And, um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's it, it's one of those movies where it's a real litmus test of whether you're a true bro or a, a beta <laughs> cuck. Is whether you, yeah. whether you enjoy cat people. Um, and you've passed the test of weird 80s horror movies, so I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so- ever been cucked by a panther? <laughs> Have you ever been cucked by Malcolm McDowell as a panther? <laughs> Thankfully, no. <laughs> um, right, so we've got... Um, an- There's still two weeks to go, aren't there? This is it's great about the way this Halloween falls. Oh, God, you're right. So maybe we do have room. I was well. I was just looking at the calendar to check, but technically we do have two more. We don't have to. I mean, it's up to you. Hell, but... hell yeah! We're watching. We're watching an additional one. I'll come up with an additional one. Um, so do you Great. want? Do you want to leave what was going to be our final movie to the final movie, or do you want to crack on with it now? Is it also a shit piece? It is. It is. Uh, okay. Oh, well, if you have another one to slot in that you can just pull out of thin air, then let's do that. But if not, if you want time to think about it, then let's do the one you had planned. No, I do. I've actually got it right here. And it's another erotic horror movie from the 80s that also has David Bowie involved. Okay. Um, so it's the snowman, obviously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, we're going to be watching The Hunger, a vampire movie with David Bowie in it. So he's actually in it? He's actually in it, yeah. Oh, good. Okay, I've never seen it. Oh, good stuff. Right, yeah. Well, we and we haven't it. done a vampire film yet this year, have we? No, we haven't, so this is a chance for us we to... We do usually manage to slot one in, don't we? We do, because they are the, the sexiest of monsters, so they fit in quite well with our with our podcast. This um, is true, so apart yeah. from Wolf Boys. Obviously. Apart from, yeah, Wolf Boys are obviously our number ones. Wolf Boys for life. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, okay, cool, so yeah, we'll... Panther Boys we'll for watch, life. We'll watch The Hunger... And then we'll leave our shit piece to the final final episode of this Halloween season. Excellent. Very good. I'm excited about that. Excellent stuff. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. And we hope you're enjoying going on this, this Halloween journey with us. It's, I think it's been one of our more interesting selections of films, actually. And I'm enjoying it a lot. 
Oh, good stuff. I'm really, really pleased. Yeah, we have got, we've gone in some experimental places this Halloween. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good. So, yeah, thank, thanks a lot for listening in. We really, really appreciate it. If you like what we do, you can give us money. There's a link in our show notes to where you can just basically give us a tip. Just think of it like a tip jar. We're not asking you to subscribe to anything or whatever. We're just saying if you like what we do, throw some coins in the jar. And you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod on the emails bigboysdon'tcrypodcast.gmail.com. You want to make any requests or you know t- tell us about panthers? You know why not? Yeah, what's your favourite panther? If you could turn into any kind of erotically charged animal, what would it be? <laughs> yeah. Well, what I actually want to know is what's the difference between a panther and a puma? If someone can tell us that, well, that'd be appreciated. I can. I can tell you this. I can tell you this because pumas are cougars, aren't they? That's introducing a different cat into the mix. How does that help me? <laughs> but but no, but you, you you know what a cougar is. Cougars are the sort of mountain lion cats of America. Right, yeah. That's what a puma is. Whereas a right, panther okay. a panther is bigger. So they are different. So the Surrey puma came over from America. Yeah, the Surrey the Surrey puma is um is is small. It's it's a cougar. Whereas the if it was a sorry panther it would be bigger so panthers are big boys yeah yeah right so it's a question of scale yes yeah exactly exactly hmm. well you learn something new every day there's your fact of the day my friends <laughs> yeah there you go there you go all right well thanks a lot for that thanks a lot for tuning in and we'll be back next week to talk about the hunger all righty bye-bye my my vampire noise. I loved it. It's a bit like a bit like Christopher Walken in Sleepy Hollow, but that's more of a <laughs> Exactly, yeah. I can't make a panther noise. How was that's that? good. Is that a good that's, that's quite good. Yeah. Oh, I'm made to be a panther. <laughs> good. Are you still recording? Because I want to put that on there. <laughs> I am, I am, yeah, I'm still recording. Cool. Let's just let's just cut it with you. Yeah, end with you making a panther noise. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Everybody wants to be a cat because the cat's the only cat who knows where it's at. Tell me, everybody's picking up on that feline.